0: Welcome, everybody. Let's talk real estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California, as we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With the man right in the middle of it all, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks. We're back here again uh, for some more Let's Talk Real Estate. It's another week, all kinds of changes in the world, all kinds of new things to talk about. I'm excited for today's show. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Sawitz Company and managing partner of Barry Saywitz Properties. And if there's one thing I've learned in my 30 plus years of doing real estate, it's to look at both sides of the equations, try and gather your information and make the best and most informed decision that you can. And I'm hoping that today's show adds some more light in terms of intelligence and input in terms of the market place. And I'm excited to have our guest, George Sines, Vice President, First American Title Insurance Company Good with morning. us. Good morning, George. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So before we get going, I do want to do a shout out for today's show to our viewers and our listeners out there. A belated Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, single moms, working moms, stay at home moms, happy mom, whatever it is, but most of all to my mom. So happy Mother's Day. And now let's talk a little real estate. So George, welcome to the show, First American Title Insurance Company, one of of the biggest, if not the biggest, title insurance company in the You're country. You're right. 130 years old. Yeah. So, been around a while. Corporate headquarters here in Orange County. That's correct. Huge campus on the, what used to be driving range. I used to go hit golf balls yes. on, yeah. on the driving range right at, at lunch. Right at 55 and MacArthur. Exactly. Really huge campus and really steadfast company here in Orange County. Thank you. Um, in terms of your background, you have been lifelong resident of Orange County. Seen
1: I have. All I, kinds of growth. I've been at First American 31 years. I started in the industry with a single mom who was an escrow officer. So I was uh, putting files together when I was uh, 14, 15. I got in the business when I was still in high school. Went rent through college and the title industry put me through college and after graduating I, you know, started in the industry. Nepotism was just part of the industry, and all of us, you know, we're second, third generation and First American. A wonderful place to work, and the average time that people are there are ten years or longer, and uh, it's been a wonderful industry. I mean, it's title insurance, people don't really understand what it is, it's not a sexy product, but uh, we certainly have a purpose. We have Something that we do that the average consumer really doesn't understand, but what we do is protect the money. We're part of the settlement services of an escrow and dealing with buyers and sellers and dealing with the agents, and uh, we're the ones that close it out. We record the documents. We're responsible for all of it, and we're responsible for the money.
0: Yeah. And so for our average uh, viewer or listener out there who I guess the sum of it is, I mean, the title insurance company ensures that there is clean title, ensures that the note or the transaction or both are properly recorded with the county so that you are protected as the homeowner, property owner, borrower, et cetera, and the
1: lender as well. That's correct. What people really don't understand is like regular insurance, you're paying for insurance for something that's going to happen in the future we protect everybody that's happened in the past. And we're actually a data company. So we provide a report that basically we ensure the data that's on that report that the proper seller is who he is, the loans against the property, taxes, mechanics liens, all of those items are just data. And we ensure that it's correct. And then we make sure that all of that is cleaned off before uh, the buyer. You know, purchases the property and he gets clean title to the property we record the documents and we're responsible for it. Yeah, and
0: examples of that would be if there was an easement on your property from either Southern California Edison or the gas company or the city or the neighbor or anything or a road, then that would show up on it. And then also if the previous owner didn't pay a contractor and the guy put a lien on on his house or his property then that would show up and it would be his responsibility to clean it up before it. Yeah, transfers.
1: there's so much new construction in Orange County that somebody that has started construction, they haven't completed construction, You know, we make sure that the seller's still responsible for all the bills that are uh, concerning the vendors, that he had started construction on that they're all paid before the buyer takes possession of the property. Plotting easements uh, is part of our job and we'll... Let everyone know, you know, if they're in a construction part of the process, that, you know, one particular pipeline is in one area, electrical easements, uh, you know, we don't really ensure the boundary lines, but we ensure everything within those boundary lines.
0: Yeah, and so on the homeowner side, it's important to know what you're getting. So if there's ever a problem down the road, on the commercial side, Things like easements and things like unpaid property taxes or other liens from contractors would be important things.
1: Completely, uh, it's a little more detailed with commercial properties than residential, but uh, you know we dive deep. We, yeah. we really do.
0: And so for our some some of our more sophisticated uh, borrowers and uh, real estate folks out there. Give me the brief description or give them, because I know what it is, the difference between a CLTA and an ALTA title policy. So CLTA stands for California Land
1: Association, so the California Land Title Insurance Policy, and an ALTA, American Land Title Insurance Policy. So you have this ALTA and a CLTA. So we call it standard or extended policy. And the ALTA, of course, is your Standard and the CLTA is your extended policy, and we issue those on commercial properties. Depending upon if you're getting a loan or if you're going all cash, some people want the extended policy, and we'll uh, gladly give that to them. And we'll plot all the easements for them. We'll make sure everything is there. We uh, we want to deal with all the parties involved to make sure they understand. We, like you said before, we look after. And dive deep into mechanics leads, or you know, judgments against the property, or we'll even go so far as to find out if you know what's underground. We were looking storage for, tanks, or storage tanks. Even maybe. if there was
0: solvents that were used, if it was a commercial property, if yeah. there was testing that was done, might show up as well. Correct. But the CLTA is a little It's more of a, the upgrade, I guess, if you It will, is. Right? It is the upgrade. From the standpoint of, I mean, if someone had unpaid property taxes, that would show up certainly Always. On, on the title insurance. So uh, not so much in the recent history because the economy has been good, but certainly in the last recession, and if we have one going forward, uh, people don't pay their taxes. You as the buyer want to know.
1: Right. And for the average consumer, even on a residential deal or commercial, uh, we just got through paying our second half taxes. So well, if you're involved in an escrow and you're in that tax period, let us pay the taxes. Don't pay them yourself because we want to make sure they're paid. And what ends up happening, people end up paying them. We end up collecting the taxes again. Then what happens is you're going to have to wait six weeks for the tax collector to
0: send you or, your, your or, over right, or six months. Uh, or I mean, it it just apply be at the next. It depends on how backed up they are. With but. COVID, it was that way. Yeah. So let's shift gears uh, a little bit. The the title, uh, I understand it. Hopefully our viewers and our listeners uh, get it. But I believe, uh, you give me your thoughts, that the title company is actually a very good barometer for activity in the marketplace and then a very good barometer for potentially what is to come, at least in the short term. And so I got to believe with all the changes that's going on in the market and what you hear and just all the impacts that the volume of a business that you guys are seeing, if it happened to change, would be a fairly good indicator of what's going on.
1: Yes. I mean, we do 20% of the market. So one out of every five transaction usually closes through First
0: American. That's crazy.
1: For the last 40 years, I mean, I've seen five ups and down cycles. And this one is really interesting. You know, in the last two weeks, I've seen a change. The windsock has gone from a very robust market, and it's still robust, but in certain segments, it's starting to crack a little bit, you know. But I don't see any big downturn, I don't see a bubble where it's going to burst. Our markets are still strong on the residential side commercial is still incredible as you know in the commercial market there's only a one percent vacancy factor in in the industrial Industrial. part yeah Yeah. but what we're seeing now uh is still strong activity but i think we're down in the last two weeks about 17 percent on the residential side commercial there's still a high demand but you can't find product
0: yeah Yeah, and the question will be, and we've talked about it on other shows, uh, is other folks that have come in here have said, look, you have a simple dynamic of supply and demand. As long as there is limited supply and there is still demand, you will still have high prices, whether that is on the apartment rental side, whether that is on the home buying side, whether that is on the industrial side, all of those – seem to play into it. However, not that I want to be a Debbie Downer, but you have increased interest rates. Right. You have a stock market that's struggling. You have gas at 6 $7 a gallon. right? You have very low unemployment, so it's hard for companies to find uh, employees to be able to grow their business appropriately. Some of that has to come into play yep. uh, in wave. terms of people's just perception of where the market is, and then now you know, with interest rates rising and the stock market struggling at the same time, some retrading of transactions or attempts.
1: You know, Barry, you're so right. Getting so new right now, there's just just a little crack in that bubble. But I think that we're going to be okay for the rest of the year. I mean, we, we're we still, on the residential side, 3,000 homes below what we should be. It should be at 5,000 residential homes that are ready to go to market, that are on on the market. We're only at 2,000. Yeah, no, and, 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 and demand, of course, has gone down because they can't qualify because right. the rates have gone up.
0: Right. Or the payment just goes up. So somebody says, look, if my payment went up, maybe I'll just rent another year. But fortunately, one, of my, back.
1: one of my favorite economists is Doug Hodge, who is the ex-president of uh, PIMCO. And we were having a discussion about this. And he says there's so much equity and there's so much equity out there that, that he doesn't think it's going to affect it too much. You know, we're seeing a strain. And where this is going to go, and I don't know how how much further the interest rates are going to go up. But you know, we're seeing a half a half a point t- tick up last week. And potentially had, another one. And I an had some cancellations that were were big. I mean, some of my big transactions cl- uh, canceled. And usually they're
0: all cash. So Again, for the the novice out there, obviously interest rate goes up, your your payment's going up. Right. Uh, And potentially the amount of loan dollars that you can borrow is going to go down because when the bank looks at whatever formula they look at for you as the borrower or the property, in the case of commercial, the amount of dollars goes down and your rate goes up. So you get a double sort of kick in the knees when this sort of uh, ticks up.
1: That's a good way to put it. I was just talking with... uh, one of my exchange vice presidents, and he, was, he and I were discussing the amount of people that are exchanging right now in commercial and residential, and I was really shocked that we, we do about six to 800 transactions a month in 1031 exchanges, and over 50% of those are residential homes. That's interesting. not commercial properties. And so it's the small investor who bought a home two years ago. that's the flipper from, right the, I mean could be the flipper or he could just be a regular mom and pop who bought something for an investment and it, it's really I yeah,
0: wants to just cash out before it gets worse.
1: And, and believe me the, the sales prices are only between 500 and a million, yeah. Not really above five million. So yeah. it was it was really interesting but strong, very, very strong market.
0: And, and and I think that's what still fuels a lot of on the investment side. So for small apartment buildings, for duplexes, fourplexes, eightplexes, you still have guys that are still trying to trade up, that are trying to cash out a guy who bought a fourplex who it, the price ran up. He figures I'll get out before the market turns and then I'll roll it into eight or 10 or 12 units.
1: That's so right, because that money, you know, for the investor is going to, you know, really be hard to find, and uh, especially as the rates go up, because you won't be able to buy as much. So, where are they going to go? Out of state,
0: right? I had a friend of mine who's uh, does residential real estate and also uh, investment, and he said all my clients are looking at Texas, they're looking at Arizona, they're looking at Nevada, they're looking yeah. at other places. Because if you want to buy a property in Southern California, the cap rates are... Three. Three. I got one yesterday on a package. They said, are you interested? It's 2.5%. Right. Which, if you finance it at 45 or 5%, you basically make zero in terms of a cash flow. Right. You're just buying it for some other reason or to not pay the taxes if you're in an exchange. Yes.
1: I, and we're, we're seeing people do that where they'll exchange into Texas or Arizona. I have a sister who's an escrow officer in, in Las Vegas, and we're, she says, most of my deals are all
0: Californians. California. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and, and they're fine investments. Yeah, and if you look at the prices in Arizona, those have shot up, uh, whether it's uh, apartment <laughs> rents, whether it's uh, investment property, whether it's home sales, because of the migration out of California, because it looks very cheap if you're coming from Southern yes. California.
1: Yeah, it, it does. You know, she says her average home price is only 350000 in Las Vegas. So even if you're buying an investment property, that makes sense for them to take, you know, their their half a million and go, you know, over to another state. Yeah. But again, you know the management problems as well as I do, dealing with out-of-state properties, and you're still here in California.
0: Well, look, there's a lot of reasons to be in Southern California. That's why everybody's here. Uh, the weather, the dynamics of the economy, the beach, everything else. But if you can't, or if you don't want to, or if there's just no return, you have to look at something else. Yes. Right. And, so, and, and for those that are selling, that might have bought something a couple of years ago, the price ran up, and now I'm selling it and making a profit, the last thing somebody wants to do is pay the taxes on it. And oh, so they look for other vehicles. Yeah, yeah,
1: very much so. Something interesting is in our industry. You know, we're we're really tied into protecting the money when they do go out of state. And I was having this conversation with a peer, is that we're seeing a lot of fraud here in Southern California, and that's part of our job is to make sure that the when we wire funds to a seller that it goes to the correct party. And, yeah, and we're getting hit almost daily by out of foreign nationals that want to tap into fraudulent emails that come over and if, if anything you want to relate to your clients if you get involved in a real estate transaction now your agents are pretty sharp and where you're going to wire out making sure that the wiring instructions are correct yeah and so you pick up the phone and we call pretty much everybody when they're going to wire in. well and I, I got a call
0: them. yesterday we wired some money and the bank called and said hey I'm gonna read it back to you, has anything changed? And they now need to do verbal confirmations over the phone. And before they'll do the verbal confirmation, they need to verify you as the borrower or the person making the wire.
1: Well, we had a- Which makes sense. We had a loss last year on a piece of vacant land. And the seller was totally fraudulent. He forged a deed from an owner. Hmm. He was a foreign national. Uh, The listing agent basically double-ended the deal, but he took the listing via DocuSign you know, and it was all done electronically, so we missed that red flag, and the agent missed the red flag. Then he goes and puts it in escrow with us, and it was two point five million. We closed it out, and most of the county recorder's offices have a fraudulent a fraud division, and the fraud division goes out, and everything that records, they send out a notice to the previous owner.
0: Right.
1: The previous owner got notification that his property was sold.
0: Didn't and
1: know. Didn't know. They contact uh, us, you know, who had insured the property, and sure enough, you know, we missed the whole thing. And so I not only lost the 2.5 million on the money that was wired out to the fraudulent offshore seller, uh, to the fraudster, but then I had to pay back the buyer, and another 2.5. So we're out $5 billion. Now, luckily, First American has you know, reserves to cover that, which we do. But if it was a small title company or a small escrow company that wired out that money, I don't think they're going to be
0: able to survive it. Yeah. So there's your plug for why you need title insurance right there, folks. Uh, You don't want to be that guy on the short end of the stick. No, you don't.
1: We've been very good at educating people about wire fraud and everything. But now we're just seeing Southern California and part of California just... Big rings of fraudsters trying to steal people's properties. That it's not real prevalence, like it's zero 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 point one percent. And you've heard, you know, about companies on the radio that are trying to protect your title. You know, and it's really not worth the money. You know, compared to just pick up the phone and call a title company. We'll tell you.
0: Well, let's shift gears a little bit to something on a, on a more positive note. Um, so, in terms of where you see the market going here in Orange County and what outside factors are affecting it, I mean. Do you see, and in the conversations that you guys have internally at First American, things like the war, things like inflation, things like the stock market, interest rates, gas prices, are those supply chain, right? I mean, are those any of those affecting what's happening with the volume of transactions? Because for, for you guys, things need to keep chugging along,
1: right? Yes, it does. As
0: you've seen, you know, with the higher interest rates, refis have
1: stopped virtually I mean
0: overnight well and I was going to ask you that because there's really two schools of thought I mean one when rates tick up a little bit all the people that were on the fence thinking about it go oh geez it's going up I better do it now and they rush to do it the dilemma, I think, now is rates have ticked up so dramatically relative to being flat for so long that people are like, "All right, I'm out," right? And then they yeah. just stop and thinking, "Okay, well, i'll wait till it settles out," which to me is is not a smart move because it's going to keep going. It's not going down. No, so no, so it's not. You, you know, you either
1: miss the boat or you yeah, know, you just kind of, do it. As you know, and and you're an astute investor of pulling money out of your investments when the rates are low, when you want to refi, and then, of course, you could buy something else or just keep the money and keep the economy going. We've seen dramatic, you know, decrease in a little bit of the business, but I don't expect it for the rest of the year to really slow down a lot because
0: there's not enough inventory out there. Do you think that dynamic of supply-demand trumps, for lack of a better word, uh, the other things that might drag it down?
1: Right. So... Yeah, the economy, sure. I mean, we're getting a little skittish about what's going on out there, you know, with with other factors involved and, you know, supply chains. But for the most part, residential and commercial is still firing. We're still still doing, you know, record business, but it's just going to be a little less. And will appreciation be up there as high? We had 20% appreciation last year, you know. Probably we'll see maybe ten percent appreciation this year. Look, there yes, was certain
0: and there was a day not that long ago when three percent appreciation was just fine for people, right? As long as it's positive, right, right. And so, look, yeah, all you need is one year of minus twenty, uh, and, and then it's going to take you years to recover, which is what happened the last time around.
1: Yeah, I think that the markets are, from everyone I've talked to that are really strong economists, are 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 saying that you know we've got very little default. And we watched that very closely. That was the big deciding factor in you know, 2009, 2008, were the big defaults. We don't have that right now. We have real strong borrowers. We have a lot of equity. We have strong people you know, that are selling and buying so the rates go up. You can do an interest-only. You can do an arm again. You're going to do a you know, a But the idea, year,
0: but the idea of the average guy who says, look, I have a bunch of equity in my house. I'm going to refinance my house. I'm going to pull out the money. I'm going to invest it and buy something else. At 3%, all day long. All day long. At 4%, still a good deal. At 5%, now you start to think about it. And at 6%, percent you got to ask yourself, am, where am I going to get a better return than 6%? Because if I take the money from the bank, and it costs me 6%, I better be getting at least 8% on here's, my money, and you
1: can't find it. Here's something that no one's talking about. In our industry, in the title insurance industry, the settlement services, and the mortgage business, we have laid off people, and they haven't talked about it on the news, and there is a big layoff in the mortgage industry. I mean, thousands of people.
0: Just and, as a knee-jerk to the interest rates going up? Correct. Or as no, a,
1: refi, they were all refi shops. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. That would make sense. I mean, the other would be... Uh, the better technology gets, uh, the less I need human interaction, and I can right. do stuff electronically, and so I don't need as many people to yeah. go around.
1: you know, places like Rocket Mortgage and everyone else, they, they bleed off a lot of people in the last, you know, 30 days.
0: Yeah, phone stops ringing.
1: And, you know, they're not rehirables in certain areas, so they have to pivot to figure out where they're going to go work for their next job, and so that could affect our economy yeah. tremendously, because you know how real estate affects the economy.
0: Especially here in Southern California, right? And so then, you know, if you shift to the the residential side of things, people ask me all the time, well, should I buy now? Should I sell now? I'm like, I don't know. It depends on what you want to do. Depends on where you're going, right? But the idea of buying now, if you believe interest rates will continue to go up, then you should try and find something to buy now. The dilemma in buying something now is you're back to your inventory issue, which is it's hard to find something that you like. And so if you can find it, I say lock it in and do it, uh, and you'll probably be in pretty good shape a year from now. Truthfully, if you're buying it for a long-term hold, long-term, everything should go up over time. If you're buying it to flip it, you now you're in a little risky territory. You you're in a lot of risky around. territory, yes.
1: Yeah, but I think you're still going to be okay, because there's just such a lack of inventory. Uh, if you're a buyer, it depends on what your needs are. You know, if, if you've been renting a long time and you've been sitting on the fence, yeah, jump in there.
0: Yeah. It's a stepping stone. I agree, and then you know the flip side of it is if I if I buy, then at least I control my own destiny, and I'm putting it towards uh, the equity in the house. Versus if I'm renting, I'm just giving it to the landlord.
1: Here's some interesting, you know, data for you. Uh, Most of all of our escrows that came through in the last year were empty nesters, fifty five percent. Interesting. And then it falls into life changing events: people that get divorced, people that lost a spouse, and then it falls down to just your regular 4% turnover rate, you know, of, of people that are buying and selling. You've heard a lot about people that were selling to just move out of state, and those were the empty nesters. And uh, But f- for the most part, we're still seeing those same numbers of people that, in a statistic range, you know, that are buyers and sellers. You know, for the sellers, the empty nesters and the life-changing events are still... T- right up there
0: and you have people that are older that say look I don't want to own another place I'm just going to cash out take the money I'm gonna downsize and, yeah live off my money I'll, maybe I'll rent for a while and I don't really care Correct. And, and just try and enjoy myself The issue becomes with inflation uh, the money doesn't go as far as it did before and no, so,
1: no on the investment side uh, you know I don't know which segment you know, because everybody has a lane whether it's industrial or apartment guys or you know hospitality you know of what's really moving but it just seems like all of it is uh still moving but it's t- it's difficult
0: yeah but look if you rewind 12 months 18 months 24 months ago i mean just completely different conversation it's covid it's shut down uh, stuff is is not trading as, right. as rampantly and you know people just struggling to stay afloat and now all of a sudden you've just flipped the switch and it's gone completely the
1: other way well i'll tell you something else and that is builders you know track builders you know the irvine company or Somebody that's building in the Inland Empire, they are going on fire. Every product that they put on the market, they don't even have to put up models. At the moment, yeah, the demand
0: exceeds supply.
1: It exceeds it, and you know they have money for it. But you know, if if you're sitting there looking at, especially on the commercial side, people that are selling land that already have done the entitlements. Those of the audience that are out there, entitlements mean that they've taken a piece of raw land, they've gone to the city. They've subdivided it. We help them with that process in getting it subdivided. The city approves it for, let's say, hundred lots, and then you know they put it to market and they sell it to a builder. They cannot find enough land to do that
0: with. Yeah, and, and, and I'm run- sure the builders are lined running out. up, ready to go.
1: But when they do do it, you know we're, we're swamped. Yeah, with business with that.
0: Interesting stuff. I we could go all day. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, and oh. so uh, I told you it would go by quick, and then boom—you blink, and then there you go. Yeah, I'm um, so
1: grateful to have you. In. Yeah, Thanks and I, me in.
0: I appreciate you coming in, sharing your insights. uh Certainly, much continued success to you, your family, uh, and to the company. I appreciate the uh, insight in terms of where you think the market's going, and and certainly uh, how it relates back to the title industry and then real estate as a whole. So. I am Barry Sawitz, president of the Sawitz Company. I want to thank our viewers and our listeners for tuning in again. We will be back here next week uh, to talk more real estate. Uh, I want to give a big uh, thank you to Paul Roberts, our producer Sophia, the entire staff here at OC Talk Radio, and uh, the folks at the uh, Beal Applied Innovation Center here at UCI. We will see you next week on more Let's Talk Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in. And you've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Sawitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.